Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, the late night show. That's right. We're, we have entered the danger zone <laughs> here at the Salty and Spice residence. We're not in the car. We are sitting here in the the residence. My brain has been known to turn into a pumpkin that night. Yes, and especially after you've taken cold medicine, like the NyQuil-type stuff. Uh-huh. Which she has. She has a cold. And I have no idea what we're podcasting about tonight. She has, She does not have a clue what we're podcasting about. I just handed her the rig, and she put it on, and here we are. What we're prod- I, I mean, what we're podcasting about is, uh, I don't know. I'm just sick and tired of you trying to tell me to calm down. <laughs> Is that not the least productive thing in the world to take somebody who's freaking out and tell them to just calm down? Yeah, it really, really works for me. And why do I bring this up? Well, because she has just finished writing an article about this very subject. So as I was starting to read it, going over it, getting ready to schedule it, I I was thinking, you know, wow, this would be a great one to have a... uh, podcast version of because that just is a really good subject so we're gonna this is gonna be a short little podcast because we're both half asleep so sorry if things get weird but uh why don't you tell them the premise of your article that this this is a companion piece with your article so go right ahead yeah so i spent my afternoon taking an online psychological first aid course Sponsored, uh, it's the Department of Human Services, did it with Duke University and UCLA, I believe it was. And they put it out there as a free course to help people learn how to deal with people in crisis. It's meant for first responders for disasters, basically. And it occurred to me that in any situation where you need to have your preps, you're liable to be around a whole lot of people. Who are stressed, freaked out, distressed, whatever you want to call it. And these kinds of skills would be very handy. So I thought I would share some of the points of this course with y'all. Now, I, I the genesis of this was, I was reading a forum post. Uh, maybe it was a Facebook post on one of the Prepper Facebook groups. And I was reading some really, really, really bad parenting advice. (laughs) And it was just to the point of either this person is an absolute troll, an internet troll, or just an ogre. Because that's just not how you treat children. No, you really, really, really don't do that. That's, that's, that is, you know, that's not namby-pamby stuff. That's, that is clinical abuse of a child, okay? Those kind of stuff he was talking about. And everybody was agreeing with him. I was like, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. So I started looking around for resources, and I found this. And it was kind of, like she said, it was more geared toward first responders and stuff like that. But I'm like, oh, it's free. I'll sign up for it. And I got into about five minutes of it. I'm like, oh, no, this is, this is a her thing, not a him thing. (laughs) That and I was like very busy at work, so my lunch hour was over. So there we are. So anyway, that that was the genesis of where where this came up from. This came from 
from a Google Gasm, even though I was using um, uh, DuckDuckGo. So it was, I guess it was a DuckDuckGoGasm. You just end up go down the paths and now go down the paths and go down the paths. And I found it's this. It's kind of fascinating to watch Salty's path twist and turn through DuckDuckGo or whatever it is. It gets it to some odd places, but this was a good one. Yeah, I mean, pretty soon you're you're on surviving five-mast windjammer schooners. Yes. And you started out at Thomas Edison, you know? Could happen. It did happen tonight, actually. <laughs> this one is the this particular piece. I may do more as I learn more of it. I've still got some more hours of the course to go. This piece is about what they call stabilization. And it's when you you got somebody, you're trying to help them. Maybe they're just zoned out and disoriented and not able to track. Maybe they're panicking. Maybe they're going frantic and trying to search for somebody who's missing. Maybe they're just unable to control their physical and emotional reactions because the stress of what's been going on is too great. This all sounds like stuff you might meet in a real emergency, sure enough. And when you find somebody in this kind of state, they give you some techniques for helping to, they call it stabilizing them. Basically, it's to uh, help them calm down from the freakout. Without telling them to calm down. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, you don't just tell them to calm down, because if you've ever been in a state anything like that, it is absolutely zero fun. And you're not going to be there for fun. If you could just say, hey, I think I'll calm down now and have it happen, nobody would ever be stuck in that state. So you're wasting your breath to say that. Unless they're the type who gets aggressive when they get freaked out, in which case you'll likely get yourself tacked. Because it really makes people's blood boil when you tell them to calm down when they're upset. So, you don't just tell them to do that. But some uh, basic principles... You um, respect the privacy, and uh, if they're talking about things that maybe shouldn't be talking about in front of a whole bunch of people, you uh, maybe uh, invite them to go somewhere a little quieter to do that. You are yourself calm and quiet and present for them. If you are just calm and hanging out, Offering to be there and give support. A lot of times that's all it takes to help people regain control. When they're in the presence of somebody who is calm and collected, it helps them to become calm and collected. So it can be as easy as that. But in case it isn't, there are a couple more kinds of techniques. And uh, one of them that I've I've touched on before in other places, because it's a technique that is used in a lot of different settings, is breathing, controlled breathing. Now, I'm not going to get all yoga touchy-feely on you and breath is the center of whatever it is the breath is supposed to be the center of. I'm sorry, I'm, just, I'm thinking of Bull Durham and breathing through your eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. Great movie, Bull Durham. I'm going with the physiology of this. You can't breathe through your eyeballs. You really can't. You really can't. You can tear through them, however, if you deem it a value. 
that does not help you throw a ball over the plate. It just doesn't. Sorry. I'll behave now. <laughs> oh, so you have a, this feedback loop where your brain is keeping track of your breathing and your brain is running your breathing because it really makes no sense to try and control something if you don't know what it's doing in the first place. So your brain watches what your breathing's doing and it helps control your breathing. And the method it uses to control your breathing is related to the method it uses to control your heart rate and your level of anxiety and your blood pressure and a whole bunch of other physiological variables. So the upshot is this. If you intentionally breathe in a way that mimics what a calm and relaxed person would do, your brain sees you breathing like that, and it starts to activate the other calm and relaxed responses. Your blood pressure goes down, your heart rate goes down, your level of anxiety goes down, and it's much easier to maintain control of your expressions of emotion and reconnect with the world and track what's going on and that sort of thing. So, here's the deal. You can actually do this to yourself, too, anytime you find yourself getting a little stressed. I often do it when I'm, I'm driving to work, because it's a nice way to get nice and relaxed at the beginning of the workday. You take a slow breath in, hold it for two beats, slow breath out, Hold it for four beats. And you do about four rounds of that. It's actually enough to see overt physiological changes in blood pressure dropping and heart rate dropping and things like that. And I'm not just making the stuff up. I've actually done this. So I was curious to see if it really worked. It's possible I hooked myself up to one of these guys and just took a look at it. It actually does work rather well. You're not aiming to drag every bit of air possible in and out of your lungs. Big breaths, but more or less normal, not trying to explode yourself like a balloon. It's just slow and pause before and after each inhale and exhale. really helps calm people down. So if you can get people to breathe like that with you, you I've found when somebody is having an anxiety attack, which is where I've used this with people. They, they're not following instructions very well, but if you tell them to breathe like I breathe and just model it for them, they can play monkey see, monkey do kind of thing. And it calms them down. It's worked well. I'm sitting here thinking of many times she used to have a teammate in a, in a, in a <laughs> sport she played that just she would get panic attacks. Yeah. And perfect. I mean, she was a, a star player. I mean, absolutely the best out there. But she would get these uncontrolled, seemingly somewhat random panic attacks. And sometimes for no particular reason, she'd be going great. And all of a sudden it's like, ah. Yep. She was four times the player I was, but I could, <laughs> I could keep her playing when she wouldn't have been playing otherwise. Yeah. There was a whole lot of grabbing her around the shoulders, look into my eyes. Here's what we're going to do. Breathe. 
breathe, <laughs> staying calm. Because you know the worst thing that you you know they're gonna they're gonna reflect off of you. The worst thing you can do when they're upset is to get upset. And you get this feedback loop going of you get upset, they get upset, you get upset, they get upset. This is not going to make a situation better. I'm kind of a what do they call it? A non echoic coding. Yeah, like when for it comes submarines. to anxiety. They put yeah. those. They put those so that so that it absorbs the radar echoes on submarines and, and airplanes. Yeah, I so. kind of absorb anxiety without reflecting it back. I'm I'm kind of even tempered that way. You're a sponge. <laughs> You're an emotional sponge. A lot of times, it's what people need. So yeah, it, it actually does work. And you know, it, this sounds for those of you who are out there saying, "Oh bollocks!" No, really, seriously. Um, this is, this is real stuff here. It's actually physiological stuff. I could have given you all the technical names for the branches of the nervous system and the brain region. Please involved. don't. Yeah, it doesn't really add much to the conversation unless you're already into that sort of thing. It adds but, a yeah. headache level to the conversation. <laughs> so I got one more to share then. And it's called Grounding. And you use grounding when somebody gets lost inside their head. Maybe they're on a continual loop replay of bad stuff they saw earlier. Maybe they're stuck in a loop of worry about something. Like uh, maybe somebody they care about they can't contact. And frankly, these days when people are so used to almost immediate contact with people anytime they want, I think there are a lot of people are going to have a lot of anxiety when they find they can't immediately get hold of people. So when you get stuck in your own head and it builds up your anxiety or your worry or you just don't have enough mental bandwidth left to connect with the rest of the world and do anything useful, so you're just kind of zoning out there, that's when you help somebody ground. And to get them grounded, you have to turn their attention away from their thoughts and into the outside world. So the deal is, you have them take one of those nice, deep, slow breaths. All right. Look around and identify for me five things you see in the world around you. The uh, Technically, you're trying to get them to focus on non-distressing things. Like, if they can look out the window and see a car flipped over by a tornado, that's not where you want their attention to be. But anything that's not distressing. Neutral stuff, if there is any good stuff, fine. Otherwise, neutral stuff is fine. Uh, I see your shoes are brown. I see the card table there has uh, a wobbly leg. Whatever it is. You have them... Notice five things that they see that aren't negative things and tell them to you. Deep, slow breath. All right, now listen and tell me five things you hear that aren't distressing. And then another deep breath and five things you can feel in the sense of physical senses, not in the sense of emotional feels. Five things you can feel that aren't distressing or bad. 
the beauty of this is it does two things. It turns their attention away from their thoughts to help them break out of the mental loop they're in. And it's like, oh, yeah, I guess it's not true that everything's awful. I guess some things are kind of okay. And that helps them to relax a little bit. So that's grounding. There's also, you know, there's, this is, I've seen an actual physical uh, form of helping somebody get centered on something other than the tragedy at hand that's, that's been used for years and years and years with children. Missouri State Highway Patrol has uh, a supply of teddy bears in their trunks. And the, the purpose behind the teddy bear is if a child is going through a traumatic incident, it gives the officer a tool to help that child get its the child's mind centered on the new toy rather than the fact that mommy and daddy are going off with this guy in handcuffs or there's been an accident or you know whatever sometimes i mean they're allowed to, to give them out whatever they want to sometimes a kid just needs a toy and you know this is a kind of kind of a thing that's been they've been doing it for many 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 years I know the Shoney's restaurant, I don't even know if they exist anymore. The Shoney's restaurant used to supply the, the State Highway Patrol with the bears. And uh, as a, well, I was uh, for many years a journalist that covered like automobile accidents. I've seen my fair share of those bears. They do work. You know, mommy's getting called a hauled off in an ambulance. So here's a bear, you know. You're, you're going to get to go with mommy, but here's a bear. You need to take care of this. And the kids, you know, they they react to that. The kids will often, so I heard today, <laughs> start caring for the bear, and they use that as a model to care for themselves. They'll get things for the bear they think they need. And bear looks sad. Bear needs a hug, you know. And so they hug the bear, and they feel better. I'm glad you brought that up at that time, though, because there is a modification they have in there for kids. Uh, little kids who are just learning their colors and things. You would, for example, ask them to find me three things that are red. Or name me something that's blue. Because that's a nice, simple task that gets the kid to focus on the world outside of them. And get out of their own heads. Yeah, they've got one of the people who helped develop that course was particularly about helping children in times of tragedy. So they have a lot of modifications there. What do you do with children? And also some for what, have you, what do you do for people with special kinds of needs? And I think we have it. That's pretty much what we wanted to say. So I'll go ahead and say goodbye for... For Spice, for Spice, this is Salty, and thank you for listening, and we'll catch you the next time. Have a great day.